The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about long COVID or post-COVID and the latest updates. Post-COVID conditions are a wide range of new, returning, or ongoing health problems that people experience after being infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. Our co-host, Dr. D. Banks, an infectious disease specialist, will explain more about long COVID and give us updates on what we should do about it. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. So, how are you today, D.? <laughs> I am doing excellently, excellently. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, the weather is nice, even though it's a little chippy now. It's chippy, you know? I know. A little bit chippy. It's kind of up and down a little bit. You know, like the morning, it's really cold. And then, like right now, it's a little chippy. But then the warm, some more warm weather is supposed to come in the next couple of days. It's just odd. You know, it is odd. Weekend, it was 80-some degrees, and it felt very eerie outside, like, like didn't it? I did 80 it. degrees in November. You know, that was kind of unnatural, especially if you're not in Florida. I know. And then it, it has that. Some place. Yeah, it has that like you're in the twilight zone or something, huh? It does, <laughs> right. That's exactly what I felt, Vicki. It was very eerie. To uh-huh. walk out and it's 80 degrees and you're like, it's November the 1st or 2nd or something like that. Uh-uh. I know. I remember sometimes living here in Northeast Ohio where there had been snowstorms. I remember when I was a freshman in college down in Oxford, Ohio, it snowed. I was on campus. Uh-huh. It was November 3rd and they had like, I don't know, six or seven feet of snow on campus. Fortunately, you know, there was no driving, but yeah, that was November the 3rd. I know. I know, but it's yeah. it's like in close to seventies and the sixties yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, it's different. Weird. It's different. Yeah, it's very weird. But that's okay. Yeah. We will show up. We are here. We will. We are here. <laughs> we are here. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right. Well, today is episode two hundred and forty-four, and today we talk about long COVID or post-COVID and the latest updates and how it affects a person's life. According to the CDC, some people who have been affected with the virus that causes COVID-19 can experience long-term effects from their infection, known as post-COVID conditions or long COVID. Post-COVID conditions are a wide range of new, returning, or ongoing health problems that people experience after being infected with the virus that causes um, that causes COVID-19. Now, most people with COVID-19 get better within a few days. 
to a few weeks after infection. So at least four weeks after infection is the start of when post-COVID conditions could first be identified. Anyone who was infected can experience post-COVID conditions. Most people with post-COVID conditions experienced symptoms days after first learning they had COVID-19. But some people who later experienced post-COVID conditions did not know when they got infected. Well, today, our co-host, Dr. D. Banks, an infectious, D- D- I can't even talk, an infectious <laughs> disease specialist, will explain more about long COVID and give us the updates on what we should know and do about it. We can't wait to hear from the one and only Dr. D. So what do you say to that, D? <laughs> I am looking forward to talking about it and to give you a sort of an update of what we presented at our conference uh, two weeks ago. All right. So that'll be great. Well, folks, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness, Vikido Fitness, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in other guests. We talk about the things that are important for our health and our well-being in our community. And as you know, we do not just talk about our physical health. We talk about other things that we can do, things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well. We believe in total well-being, and that is having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and go and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review of the show because that is how we grow and increase our listeners, and we appreciate you. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, yes, my week has been awesome. Why? Because I am getting ready for Thanksgiving early. I'm trying to make big decisions. Oh, wow. Now, I got big decisions I'm making, and that is whether I'm going to hang up a Christmas tree or not. (laughs) (laughs) Vicki, I was at Home Depot this morning buying some air filters. Uh They have all these trees up and Christmas Mm -hmm. stuff. It was unbelievable. It's November the 9th, and they were all Yes, I went to, that is so right, I went to Squaw Creek the other day. They got all their Christmas trees up. I was like, no, what? No, they don't. Yes, they no. do. No, no, they do not. Yes, they do. I was oh, like, my goodness. what is going on up in here? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. I saw a meme on um, Facebook, and this turkey had not had knocked Santa Claus down yes. yet. Not, <laughs> not yet, fat boy. <laughs> I know. That was funny. I love it. Funny. Yes. But it's true. It's true. I mean, these people, I mean, they just back. It was Halloween, and now it's Christmas. Now nah, it's Christmas. They forgot all about yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Completely. You know? And yeah. even though, even though, you know, 
We don't really, as a black community, we don't really, you know, celebrate pilgrims and things, you know. Right. But we still. Oh, well, didn't I remember some pilgrims out in front of your house? <laughs> <laughs> I told Nate, I said, what are we didn't doing? I remember yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Nate, what happened? Why do we have pilgrims on the outside <laughs> and turkeys and things on the <laughs> decorations? Ew, I was dancing by your house and my head jerked like an owl. I'm like, oh, pilgrims? Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, we, we, uh, uh, we don't be, now we do, we do celebrate. Right. We celebrate getting together and giving thanks. Yeah. Giving yeah, thanks. Absolutely. For yeah. our family yeah. and all of yeah. that. So we yeah. can't bypass yeah. that. The fellowship and, and all of that. And, you know, mm-hmm. this year, you know, as we're getting to, I mean, we, we do want to, and I'll talk about that more in my talk. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, we're getting together, which, you know, like even last year, I don't think a lot of families got together because of COVID. Not that it's over, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh people are feeling a little bit better about getting with loved ones and stuff that they haven't seen for years, mm-hmm. a couple years, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, yeah, this is the time to just celebrate and be thankful. And so, yes. yes exactly. So, yeah, we'll definitely be doing that at the Doe house yes are the girls coming home no i'm going to them yes i'm going to oh, natalie okay. yeah right. mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. right. so right. it's gonna be nice right. nice yeah so what was what was your week like you you were saying so, let's see what did i do trying to remember what i did last mm-hmm. week probably a little bit of of nothing i think oh i know i went to see this very weird movie okay what was Kate it blanchette called Okay. And it's about this woman conductor. Okay. And all I can say for everybody out there in Radio Land, it's a movie that you really should see Mm -hmm. uh, just from the artistic standpoint. And there's very little that I can tell you about it other than you're going to come away and go, wow, I bet that movie's up going to be up for an Academy Award, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell just happened in this movie. <laughs> really? I mean, wow. It's very, it's, it's out there. She gave a fantastic performance as a, she was a gay orchestra conductor. Okay. A lot of the scenes were done in Germany. Okay. Um, and so forth. But uh, it's one of those kind of movies where, you can't fall asleep, you, you, and it's long. It's two hours and 38 minutes, but okay. it's probably worth carving out some time okay. or maybe waiting until it comes on television or streams or whatever. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, so I, that's what I did. I went to see that movie. It was kind of a toss-up. There are a lot of movies that I want to see. I want to see Till. I oh, yeah. That. Oh, big time, yeah. And I want to see The Banshees, whatever that movie is. Mm-hmm. I want to see Wakanda. Uh-huh. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I didn't see Top Gun. I I, know I, know, I didn't do that either. But now. it's probably on demand and stuff Top now. Gun. It is. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. So I uh, want to do that. And then just I really kind of uh, went on demand because I've been taping a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Went on demand and and saw Henry Lewis Gates's um, 
series on Black America. Oh yeah, I've I've, I've seen that. Oh yeah, it's really so, good. Oh my so goodness, it's really really good. So that's what I did. This kind of show, and then Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday I had to uh, work, and then went to a clam bake on Sunday night. But you know, the, those clam bakes are all about. It was kind of funny. It was all. I mean. The tickets were like seventy nine dollars, and I know mm-hmm. we did not eat seventy nine dollars worth of food. Mm-hmm. But it was just there were a lot of people there that I hadn't seen for a long time, and you know how you go to places and chit chat and BS and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of what that's kind of what I did, and then now back to Gotham City work. I'm doing a lot of stuff too, but guess what? I am moving forward and just ready to begin. Well, end this year in good standing and I begin really and begin the next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really kind of done with 2022. I'm yes. ready to move on mm-hmm. to 2023. Yes. See what the new it brings. Yes. And uh, just try to keep it moving. Keep it moving. Way. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. What is going on this week, D? <laughs> everything. <laughs> Sticky and everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Everything. everything. You know, we got voting. Voting day was yesterday, November the 8th. Yeah. And, yes, we are still waiting. We are waiting on some of the results. Yeah, there are some. I'm surprised. I, before I, you know, jumped on today, mm-hmm. we've got several, several states that are still waiting to report, you know, especially the especially the western states where mm-hmm. the polls close later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, I just heard, is, is now going to a runoff. Uh, we're still waiting for Nevada and Arizona, mm-hmm. those states. So, it, the, you know, it, it, the, as they say, the fat lady hasn't sung yet. Not yet. Um, so I guess we'll see. We'll see what, we shall uh, see. what, the, what the end results are. But I know that, mm-hmm. I know one thing. We need to all come together to get these gas prices down because that's not benefiting anybody except the people who are the gas owners, you know. Oh, and I, know. I do. I was looking the other day. I got my RRA statement in the mail, mm-hmm. and it's gone down. And everything, like, yeah, with what? the with the with the stocks and everything, um, they were down. Uh, stocks dropped. Yeah, um, I met with my advisor, and I'm like, dang, I may have to work. Whatever the rest of my, I mean, not that I didn't think I was anyway, but it's like, <laughs> what the heck happened here? <laughs> what the heck happened here? But oh everything we have to understand about stocks, when they go down, they going to go up. Go back up. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's it. So we going to ride this, oh, what yeah. they say, we going to ride yeah, this just pony. Ride <laughs> yeah, just ride, ride it. Yeah, just ride it. Yeah, maybe That's after it. this election and people can concentrate and focus on more things and, so forth, as you say, so forth and so on. So forth and so on. <laughs> so on. You know, we can improve the, uh, get the economy a little bit. So, oh, yes. Know, better condition for everybody because nobody wants to be paying high gas prices and, you know, a lot of money for food when you don't really have to. I know, I know. But they said you the know. turnout, though, still the turnout, even with registered voters, was just 56.17%. I talking to somebody here in Youngstown and she said I did not see Dr. Banks very many young people coming out to vote and I was there all day and you know that's a sad commentary because my comment always is Mm -hmm. you know people have a lot of commentary a Mm -hmm. lot of rhetoric Mm -hmm. they're ready to run up and down the street hair on fire and Mm -hmm. waving flags and t-shirts and all that 
But when it comes to voting, Mm -hmm. which is the only way you can make your voice heard Mm -hmm. and has the potential for creating some change, everybody's run up in the in the house like roaches, you know, and <laughs> when you turn the lights on. I don't know. I don't get it. I know. I, I don't I don't get it. You know, you and I were raised in the South where mm-hmm. people died for us to be able to vote. Big time. You know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I remember, you know, they used to, people come up to the poll thing and they would say like, well, before you can register, we can register you. You got to recite the first half of the Constitution. I mean, some BS like that. I know. You know, make it really hard mm-hmm. and ridiculous for people to vote. And so now you got to, all you got to do is run out there and show your driver's license or whatever identification you have and just vote, whoever you vote for. I know. You know just exercise your right. But she said there were very, very few young people. And that's very sad. Yeah. But that's in this area. Now, some some spaces, they said a lot of young folks did come, go and vote. Well, I'm hoping that they, like, sure, I hope the demographics will come out. Like Tempe, Arizona, now, I saw some mm-hmm, young mm-hmm. people. That's the University of Arizona. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of young people in line. They said there. in Georgia, I'm too. there will be more. Good. Yeah, they said in Georgia. Even, in, I think, even in Pennsylvania, like, like in Philadelphia and some of those areas. Uh-huh. Like that, they okay. said it was, or DC and stuff. So it it just depend, right. it depend. You know, it depends on, on where, area. yeah, where you are and what your yeah. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. good. All right. Good. Well, today we're gonna do a health tip. This health tip is found in the Fitness Journal idea. There's a link between physical activity and depression, and so the article is a short article. It says short exercise bouts help mental health. Now, here's good news to motivate adults of all ages who simply want to exercise so they can feel better. Low physical activity levels, even those below public health recommendations, can reduce depression risk. An international research group concluded this after reviewing 15 studies, each lasting three years or longer, that included more than two million person years of data. One person year refers to one person being um, studied for one year. Depression is a leading cause of disability that affects approximately 280 million people globally, and it is linked with premature mortality from other illnesses and suicide. Adults who completed 150 minutes of brisk walking per week or the equivalent had a 25% lower risk of depression when compared with adults who did not exercise. Those who clocked 75 minutes had an 18% lower risk of depression. Higher physical activity levels only offered minor additional benefits. Study limitations include the fact that physical activity was self-reported. Additional research that includes device-based activity measurements and longer follow-up periods is recommended. The study is published in JAMA Psychiatry 2022. So, yeah, short bouts of exercise. We got to get up and, and do, even if we can't do a full 30 minutes or what have you doing 10 minutes or 15 minutes right. or 
during the day anything yeah makes mm-hmm. makes a big difference uh lower our depression risk so hey i like that i do too excellent yes excellent. yes hi everyone this is dr vicky haywood doe i just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show it's the company i own haywood doe consulting co doing business as vicky doe fitness We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Today, we are talking about, we're talking about long COVID and post-COVID conditions and how it affects a person's life. According to the CDC, post-COVID conditions are a wide range of new returning or ongoing health problems that people experience after being infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. Most people with COVID-19 get better within a few days to a few weeks after infections. So at least four weeks after infection is the start of when post-COVID conditions could first be identified. Now, Dr. D. Banks, our co-host, will talk more about this and give us updates and give us guidelines on what we should know and do. And so I'm going to give it over to you, Dr. D. So today I'm going to talk about long COVID or post-COVID conditions. And, you know, we've been in this now. The first cases, I believe, were discovered or discussed in December of 2019. So 19, 20, 21, 22. This is our getting three, three years, uh, over two, two and over two years, almost three years of dealing with coronavirus 2019. So I'm going to talk today about a phenomenon that we've been seeing now that we have millions of people who have been infected, and it's called long COVID or post-COVID conditions. Um, first, this, this first discussion comes from the CDC, from the Centers for Disease Control, and I encourage anybody um, who wants to know really anything uh, infectious disease-wise My go-to website is cdc.gov, cdc.gov, to look up a a lot of things that happen in infectious diseases. And, you know, usually there's, not usually, their their information is peer-referenced and and reviewed and vetted and so forth. So long COVID, long COVID or post-COVID conditions. Some people who have been infected with the virus that causes COVID-19 can experience long-term effects from their infection known as post-COVID conditions or long COVID. People call post-COVID, 
post-COVID conditions by many names, including long COVID, long haul COVID, post-acute COVID-19, post-acute sequelae of SARS COVID-2 infection, TASC, long-term effects of COVID and chronic COVID. So what do you need to know? Post-COVID conditions can include a wide range of ongoing health problems. These conditions can last weeks, months, or longer. Post-COVID conditions are found more often in people who had severe COVID-19 illness, but anyone who has been infected with the virus that causes COVID-19 can experience post-COVID conditions. Even people who had mild illness or no symptoms from COVID-19. That's what I was saying, if I might interject. People were uh-huh. going around, well, you know, I don't mind if I get it. Yeah, you do, because mm-hmm. even mild COVID can end up having long COVID. Mm-hmm. So while most people with post-COVID conditions have evidence of infection or COVID-19 illness, in some cases, a person with post-COVID conditions may or may not have tested positive for the virus or even known they were infected. CDC and partners are working to understand more about the experiences, about who experiences post-COVID conditions and why, including whether groups disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 are at higher risk. As of July 2021, long COVID, also known as post-COVID conditions, can be considered, I just realized this today, Uh a disability under the American Disabilities Act. Mm. So you can get disability payments. Mm-hmm. And all of that, ADA from long COVID. Mm-hmm. So post-COVID conditions are a wide range of new, returning, or ongoing health problems that people experience after being infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. Yeah. Most people with COVID-19 get better within a few days to a few weeks after infection. At least four weeks after infection is the start of when post-COVID conditions could first be identified. Anyone who is infected can experience post-COVID conditions. Most people with post-COVID conditions experience symptoms days after first learning they had COVID, but some people who later experienced post-COVID did not know when they got infected. There is no test to diagnose for post-COVID, and people who have a wide range of symptoms that could come from other health and that, that could come from other health problems. This can make it difficult for healthcare providers to recognize post-COVID conditions. Your healthcare provider considers a diagnosis of post-COVID conditions based on your health history, including if you had a diagnosis of COVID-19, either by a positive test or by symptoms or exposure, as well as doing an examination. People with post-COVID conditions may experience many symptoms. They can have a wide range of symptoms that can last for more than four weeks or even months after infection. Sometimes the symptoms can even go away and come back. Post-COVID conditions may not affect everyone the same way. People with post-COVID conditions may experience health problems from different types and combinations of symptoms happening over different lengths of time. Most patient symptoms slowly improve with time. However, for some people, post-COVID conditions weeks, months, or longer after the illness and can sometimes result in disability. So what are the general symptoms? Tiredness or fatigue that interferes with daily life, symptoms that get worse after physical or mental effort, 
known as post-exertional fever, respiratory and heart symptoms, difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, coughing, chest pain, fast beating or pounding heart, known as palpitation, neurological symptoms, difficulty thinking or concentrating, sometimes called brain fog, headaches, sleep problems, dizziness, when you get ready to stand up, lightheaded, pins and needles, feelings, changes in your smell and taste, depression and anxiety, diarrhea and stomach pain, other symptoms, joint or muscle pain, rash, and changes in the menstrual cycle. So what are some symptoms that are really hard to explain and to manage? People with post-COVID conditions may develop or continue to have symptoms that are hard to explain and manage. Clinical evaluations and results of routine blood tests, chest x-rays, and EKGs may be normal. The symptoms are similar to those reported by people with myalgic encephalomyelitis or chronic fatigue syndrome mm -hmm. and other poorly understood chronic illnesses that may occur after other infections. People with these unexplained symptoms may be misunderstood by their health care providers, which can result in time for them to get a diagnosis and receive appropriate care. Some people experience new health conditions after COVID. Some people, especially who had severe COVID, experience multi-organ effects or autoimmune conditions with symptoms lasting for months after COVID illness. Multi-organ effects can involve many body systems, including the heart, lungs, kidney, skin, and brain. As a result of these effects, people who have had COVID may be more likely to develop new health conditions such as diabetes, heart conditions, or neurological conditions compared with people who have not COVID. People experiencing any severe illness may develop health problems. People experiencing any severe illness, hospitalization, or treatment may develop problems post-intensive care syndrome, known as PICS, post-intensive care syndrome. Okay. And PIS refers to the health effects that may begin when a person is in an ICU and which may persist, may persist after a person returns home. These effects can include muscle weakness, problems with thinking and judgment, and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, which involve long-term reactions to a very stressful event. For people who are experiencing this post-intensive care syndrome, Following a COVID diagnosis, it's very difficult to determine whether these health problems are caused by severe illness, the virus itself, or a combination. Researchers are working to understand which people or groups of people are more likely to have post-COVID symptoms and why. Studies have shown that some people, groups of people may be affected by post-COVID conditions. These are examples and not a comprehensive list of people or groups who might be more at risk than other groups for developing post-COVID conditions. And I'm going to expand on that a little later. Okay. People who have experienced more severe illness, especially those who are hospitalized for a long time, 
people who had underlying health conditions, COVID, people who didn't get vaccinated, and people who experienced multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Now, that's mostly children during or after COVID illness. Health inequities may affect populations at risk for long COVID. Some people are at increased risk of getting sick from COVID because of where they live or work or because they can't get health care. Health inequities put some people from racial or ethnic minority groups and some people with disabilities at greater risk for developing post-COVID conditions. Scientists are researching some of those factors that may place these communities at higher risk of getting infected or developing post-COVID conditions. So now what's the best way to prevent it? Protect yourself and others from becoming infected, some things that you can do, get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. and stay up to date with your vaccines against COVID-19. Duh. I mean, (laughs) that's really a big duh. Mm -hmm. Research suggests that people who are vaccinated but experience a breakthrough infection are less likely to report post-COVID conditions compared to people who are vaccinated. Living with a post-COVID condition can be hard, especially when there are no answers or solutions. However, people experiencing post-COVID conditions can seek care from a healthcare provider to come up with a personal medical management plan that can help improve their symptoms and quality of life. Review these tips to help prepare for a healthcare provider appointment for post-COVID conditions. In addition, there are many support groups organized that can help patients and caregivers. Although post-COVID conditions appear to be less common in children and adults, Long-term effects can affect children and adults. Talk to your doctor if you think your child has long COVID or post-COVID. So what's some of the data? Studies are in progress, and I'm going to talk about this later as well. Studies are in progress to better understand post-COVID conditions and how many people experience them. CDC is using multiple approaches to estimate how many people experience post-COVID conditions. Each approach provides a piece of the puzzle to give us a better picture of who is experiencing post-COVID conditions. For example, some studies look for the presence of post-COVID conditions based on self-reporting symptoms, while others collect symptoms and conditions recorded in medical records. Some studies focus on on people who have been hospitalized, while other studies include people who were not hospitalized. The estimates for how many people experience post-COVID conditions can be quite different depending on who was interested in the study as well as how and when the study collected information. Estimates of the proportion of people who had COVID-19 that go on to experience post-COVID conditions can vary. 13.3% at one month or longer after infection, 2.5% at three months or longer based on self-reporting, more than 30% at six months among patients 
who were hospitalized, CDC and other federal agencies, as well as academic institutions, research organizations, working to learn more about the short and long-term health effects associated with COVID and who gets them and why. Scientists are also learning more about how variants could potentially affect post-COVID symptoms. We're still learning to what extent certain groups are at high risk and if different groups of people tend to experience different types of post-COVID conditions. These studies, including, for example, CDC's INSPIRE study, a National Institute of Health Recover study, will help us better understand post-COVID conditions and how healthcare providers can treat or support patients with these long-term effects. CDC will continue to, re- to share information with healthcare providers to help them evaluate and manage their conditions. CDC is working to, number one, better identify the most frequent diagnoses experienced by patients with post-COVID conditions. Number two, better understand how many people are affected by post-COVID conditions and how often people who are infected with COVID-19 develop post-COVID conditions afterwards. Better understand risk factors, including which groups might be at more risk and if different groups experience different symptoms, help understand how post-COVID conditions limit or restrict people's daily activities. Help identify groups that have been more affected by COVID, post-COVID conditions, lack access to care and treatment for post-COVID conditions, or experience stigma. Better understand the role vaccination plays in preventing post-COVID conditions, and lastly, collaborate with professional medical groups to develop and offer clinical guidance and other educational materials for healthcare providers, patients, and the public. Vicki, from here, uh-huh. I, would, I would like to go over, and fortunately, this just came hot off the press this week. Okay. The Infectious Disease Society of America mm-hmm. hosted our symposium on long-term COVID and healthcare disparities in their ID Weekly Journal. Okay. So I would like to talk about this and read this to you all. This is the the talking about the symposium that I did two Sundays ago at the Infectious Disease Society of America. It was with Dr. Michelle Flores Moore. Okay. who is Associate Professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and Dr. Nada Fadul, Associate Professor at the University of Nebraska Center, who we, um, and it was uh, moderated by myself. Okay. So in this session, the moderator and the speakers looked at experiences of minorities and women with long COVID or post-COVID conditions. Long COVID seems to mirror, from a disparity standpoint, exactly what happened during the pandemic, said Dr. Virginia Banks. That was me, Uh an infectious disease physician at Northeast Ohio Infectious Disease Associates and a member of IDSA's George Count Interest Group. They rated the session. Dr. Fadul provided an overview of the definition of health disparities the CDC and the World Health Organization. Many of these disparities are widening instead of getting better, she said. That's the unfortunate reality that we're living in. 
COVID put a magnifying glass on these disparities. Given that by 2050, minorities will make up half of the United States population, if we don't do something now, disparities will widen. Life expectancy and disease-specific disparities highlight the gaps, most notably between blacks and whites, social determinants like unemployment, living in poverty, and lack of access to health care play a role. We cannot ignore the social political issue. 2020, we understand that George Floyd was the tip of the iceberg that brought these things to the forefront, not just health disparities, but disparities on all fronts, Dr. Fadul said. Because that came to the surface, interventions also came to the surface. Dr. Flores Moore looked at disparities inherent in COVID, where infection rates among Hispanics, Blacks, Native Americans, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islanders were considerably higher than in whites. Mortality and hospitalization rates often were higher. Given that long COVID infection rates, the same species naturally would be present. Vaccination rates were also a factor, she said. You see that whites had a 1.3 to 1.5 times higher uptake in vaccination rates than blacks or Hispanics. These have been shown to prevent against symptoms of long COVID. Because of the disparities in North Carolina where Dr. Flores Moore practices, interventions doubled the rate of vaccination among minority groups. This proves we can fix it. We just have to make the effort to do so. Given the higher proportion of minority groups among those deemed essential workers, the risk factors for COVID increased. So, too, did comorbidities, which raised the risk of more severe symptoms. Nearly 8% of United States adults have post-COVID symptoms. Let me repeat that. Hmm. 8% of United States adults have post-COVID symptoms, she said, hmm. with 3.5 million living with post-COVID symptoms that limit daily activity. Hmm. There's a lot of potential for unmeasured bias, she said. Dr. Fadul offered solutions that could be implemented individually or at the organizational level to remove disparities in treatment for long COVID and other diseases. How do we reach health equity? We can't wait for things to just happen at the policy level. Explore your own individual biases. We all have implicit biases. This is natural. It's not okay for that implicit bias to harm others. Implicit biases happen because of so many things that we're exposed to, the media, as a child, when your parents talk about things at the dinner table. When you see somebody on the street, you have that internal bias that kicks in, that classifies that person based on their physical characteristics. And this all ties into long COVID, Vicki, if uh -huh. I may, because one of uh -huh. the last comments that I made to you when I was talking was that mm -hmm. sometimes these issues don't even come up with the physicians because they don't even ask. Right certain groups. Mm -hmm. He suggested that diversity, equity, and inclusion be incorporated into the medical curriculum and to identify diversity, equity, and inclusion champions in the workforce and give them the tools, the backup, and leadership positions where they can change. Specifically with long COVID, mm. improvements could be made in removing barriers and access to care, said Dr. Flores Moore. 
there was a lot of work to try to do something about vaccinations and acute COVID-19. Now we've got this burden problem down the pike. Long COVID symptoms like brain fog and fatigue require primary care involvement. You won't go to the ER because you feel fatigued. Mm. Your primary care provider has to have the information about long COVID. So we need to do more education. A lot of the care, though, is multidisciplinary and requires referrals to various subspecialties. At the University of North Carolina, COVID, they have a long COVID clinic at University of North Carolina. Oh, okay. Dr. Flores Moore mm. said physical medicine and rehabilitation takes the lead, but conducts most initial visits by way of telehealth and refers to the appropriate specialist. That way, the in-person appointment is with the person who can help them most. The clinic saw, get this, this is University of North Carolina, mm -hmm. 1,200 patients between February 2021 and August of 2022. Almost three-fourths were women, mm. with most patients being 40 and 60 years old. The clinic also works alongside the North Carolina Community Engagement Alliance, funded by the National Institutes of Health. The alliance works to understand health inequities related to COVID and is now moving into long COVID, said Dr. Flores Moore. One key gap is in developing trustworthy resources and trusted messengers who are empowered to tell the right messages, said Dr. Flores Moore. We need to educate communities that long COVID is a thing. Mm. There are things that can be done to help. And that's my report. I didn't think about that as far as that you could not know that you had COVID and then you got long COVID and trying to figure out what's exactly. going on. And so what that involves is, you know, the symptoms of COVID are kind of like all over the place. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, and especially of late, now that we have these tests, home tests that are out, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're losing, we're losing a lot. Like, for example, they either have the test or they don't have the test. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have mild symptoms. And when they take this COVID test, they're positive. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people may have the same symptoms mm -hmm. and they don't take the test but they are positive mm -hmm. so you know they have a mild disease like you know some people took a covid test when they just had the sniffles in a car mm -hmm. or sneezing mm -hmm. and that could be anything but they happened to take the covid test and bang it was positive mm -hmm. so a lot of the data we're going to find out first of all we're going to find out ultimately that we have thoroughly undercounted the number of people probably with long COVID because, first of all, a lot of them mm -hmm. are not going to be identified because they're going to be enmeshed with a lot of symptoms in the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the doctor's going to say, attribute it, well, you know, you're just tired because you, you know, you're overweight or you're tired because you got hypertension or you're tired because your diabetic medication makes you tired or you're tired because mm -hmm. the kidney disease makes you tired. Mm -hmm. And so they've not because we don't have a lot of data right now to ferret out all the specific symptoms, mm -hmm. there's a lot of data that's really not available to really even help tease out those people who really have long COVID. And like I said, mm -hmm. we're sorely 
underrepresenting the people that have COVID right now because everybody's taking a COVID test and a lot of people don't want to miss work. And so they're just slapping on a mask and going to work. I swear there was a nurse in the hospital the other day. I knew she had COVID. And she was covered up on the side with two masks on, and she was coughing and care. And I just kind of blurted out. Cause we, it's kind of like something we do in the hospital now. When people sneeze, we go, better take a COVID test. That's and it. And she was over in the corner, mm. and she was coughing and carrying on. And I just kind of casually said, you better take a COVID test. And she looked at me kind of funny, and I'm thinking to myself, she already look, look, she already you done. <laughs> <laughs> you got COVID. You just didn't want to stay home. I remember. So, yeah. I remember what was so funny when when we were teaching dance. When I was teaching dance, and it so happened that this particular day, a yin day was up with his drum and everything, and one of the other guys that works there that does a two he's a accompanist and uh he uh was sitting next doing the drum and everything and i was sitting there too i was talking or presenting or something you know getting people ready and we were just kind of huddled around in a circle and the guy sneezed instantly me and the yende hopped up and started running It was so funny. It was instantaneously. He he went ha chew ha chew boom. We were all the way to the end of the door already out. Exactly, exactly. And it was kind of like that happens all the time in the hospital. We're all looking around. We're like uh, COVID test. Mm -hmm. COVID test. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, but um, I think we're gonna have we're going to ultimately be able to identify more and more people. And again, the sad, here's the sad situation, which was important from our talk. Uh-huh. Healthcare disparities affect us with every doggone thing. Uh, Vicki, why is that? Yep, there it is. Why are healthcare disparities, mm-hmm. everything that you can think of, you know, we're coming down the pipe with healthcare disparities. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very sad situation. Yes, it is. But it's a very, very sad situation. I think I think now, though, for everything, I think now people are trying to, you know, talk about it and try to uh, address it more these days. Don't you think a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think people are a lot more aware of it. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And and one of the things I'm on a committee now from the representing the Infectious Disease Society of the of America with the White House. Okay. And one of the things that we're focusing on is equitable distribution of those drugs. Mm. And when you test positive for COVID, that not only can you get it in Shaker Heights, Ohio, but you can get it into the underserved communities of Youngstown, Ohio. Yes. Okay. And so we're working with, with grocery stores that have pharmacies, mm-hmm. uh, CVS, Walmart, all of these places, so that there won't be barriers. Because, you know, first of all, mm-hmm. people don't need much to have a barrier. You pick up the phone and you, I know. Can't, you can't reach somebody, you're not going to call back. Right, right. You go to a drugstore and they say, well, we don't have it right now, you're going to have to come back. Mm-hmm. Those are all barriers. Yes. You can't keep putting barriers in front of people mm-hmm. and expect them to 
be compliant or adherent or whatever. So yes. these are the kind of things that we're working on. The White House is aware of it. It's just trying to get a lot of people. And what I rep, I'm representing not only Infectious Disease Society of America, the mm. broad group, but I'm also representing, I mentioned on that article, the Georgetown's Interest Group, because okay. I'm president of the Persons of Color uh, Infectious Disease Doctors of the United States. And we're about 70 now. Okay, that's good. Of, that's uh, good. Various, uh, the, uh, we call ourselves the, the doctors of the diaspora. There you go. Um, and, you know, the doctors of the diaspora. So, yeah. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're making, some, making some moves. But, you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm being invited to the table. Persons of color are being invited to the table. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not at the table, mm-hmm. they're not going to have anything to do with your interests. That's the key. That's the key. And so it's good that we are doing that. And sometimes, yeah, we got to reach out and be a part of stuff like that. Exactly. You know, because some people want to not be bothered. You know, uh, a lot of people that could be at these tables, you know, you don't want to be bothered because, yeah, they get on your nerves. But someone has to represent because it affects all of us, especially our communities. Uh huh. It does, and sometimes it takes, you know, maybe an hour or two out of your day to do some preparation or some research or whatever. But it's important. It's important. Yes. It's very important. Yeah. So. All yeah. right. Well, Dee, this ends our show, and so you've told us a lot. Do you have three things or two things you want us to to end with when it comes to what we should think about with long COVID? Well, I think that you should be aware of long COVID and understand that, first of all, you want to do those things to try to prevent getting COVID, period. Period. By making sure that you get vaccinated Uh and encourage your loved ones around you to get vaccinated. And number two, Uh if you think that you have any of these symptoms, Uh uh, don't blow it off. Go to your health care provider and talk to your health care provider, and maybe that health care provider will refer you to someone in some of the subspecialties. Um, mm-hmm. And then be your own advocate. Yes. You read about the latest gossip of what's going on with Kyrie Irving and Kanye. <laughs> You'll get on Google and read all of that and know, know every little noyance and every little whatever, uh-huh. but you won't go on the cdc.gov website and become informed and educated about your condition and situation and understand yes. the disease, period. That's one of the things that I have to say. You know, we'll, we'll run and search Google if there's some gossip. You know, we know every aspect. We know how many things that the basketball people have asked Kyrie to do. I know, but right? Name, name the symptoms of lung COVID. All right, all right. You know, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yes. So we, we need to, we got to be more proactive about our own health. Exactly. So, yeah, Dee, I'm so glad that you brought that to our attention because, yeah, when you look and, and listen to all of the symptoms and stuff, it's like, ooh, you know, I've, I've had some heart palpitations exactly. or, I've ooh, had sure. I've had right. uh, uh, fatigue right. without knowing. And so nobody right. thinks that mm, it might be long COVID. <laughs> exactly. It might be long COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, just 
become informed and do your homework uh, mm-hmm. and see if any of the symptoms that you have. You know, try to stay out of the emergency room because that's not the place to go and run no. unless you are having severe symptoms. Uh-huh. But your health care provider and so forth. And like I said, kudos uh-huh. to Dr. Michelle Flores Moore and their group in uh, North Carolina, University of North Carolina, mm-hmm. that has a long COVID clinic. Yes. That's trying to identify and help these individuals, especially through, you know, that's what Dr. Bev did. She was yes. physical medicine and rehabilitation. Yes, she was. A physiatrist. Yeah. Yes, yes. Physiatrist, right. So mm-hmm. that went into her area of specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Yep. Well, folks, as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.